0: Every morning, Arabile Gumede and Nastasia Aronsa on Classic Business Breakfast with Moneyweb. All right, so yesterday, Eskom held a uh, meeting. Uh, between the board management and the department of public enterprises which lasted over six hours and a lot of that meeting was based on trying to find a, a reason behind the unexpected load shedding uh, from this past sunday today of course we are in day three they've found the reasons for it and they've held a crisis meeting uh, that escalation surprising many as well as they had uh, seven generating units tripping within a period of five hours Uh, It has uh, seen that uh, four of those units had returned to service and it is expected that the remaining three will be back. There, has this, there will be a systems and an operations update within the next 24 hours. But now we're hosting this crisis meeting. Yes, uh, the board management, uh, the Department of Public Enterprises, hosting this six-hour meeting. But do we think anything will come out of it? Will we just go back to things as they normally are? Roger Lilly, energy analyst uh, at EE Publishers as well, joining us on the line. Roger, thank you so much for your time. This is just a case of yes, fine. We'll host this meeting, and hope for the best. And nothing really to be
1: done after this. Good morning, Arabila, and your listeners. Uh, yeah, look, um, one gets the sense that uh, the Eskim team, who know what's going on, are not telling the people who need to know what's going on. Mm-hmm. That's that's the sense that I'm getting. Um, the problem, the, the problem with the load shedding is the fact that. Uh, the equipment is failing, and it's failing because uh, maintenance has been deferred or not done properly. Um, you know that they had this, uh, this, this, this big festival of maintenance uh, last year when uh, senior managers were told that they couldn't go on leave, do you remember, in December. Um, and, but, but obviously things weren't done properly because uh, it must have been a, a sort of a hit-and-miss affair because now suddenly, here we are in February only two months after the maintenance, and uh, look, you have load shedding again, equipment failing, um, which is a very great concern.
0: At the same time, we've, we've gotten word that Midupi and Kusile, uh, which were, of course, intended to alleviate South Africa's power constraints, have a multitude of serious design and technical flaws that are impeding their operation. Wasn't the whole point then of those two, as I, as I just said, supposed to aid South Africa, seems to be doing more harm than any
1: good? Yeah, no, you're right. Look, um, uh, Eskimo's uh, mistake, of course, was doing two mega projects simultaneously when they did not have the, the manpower or the or, or the skills to do it. Um, so I think there was a bit of pride and it's, it's uh, you know, the old story, pride comes before the fall. Um, and the other thing with Nadupi and Casili is they are, they are so unique. They are specially designed for South Africa. They don't exist anywhere else. So there's no other reference point. The design has been done and it's been built according to that design. Now it comes out, oh, well, there were mistakes in the design, and now we're trying to find try workarounds around the design. And, of course, that just delays everything. It costs a fortune. So not only are we spending a great deal of money on Nidupi and Kusili, probably twice as much as originally, maybe more, um, but we're also losing billions of rand every day that we have load shedding because the, 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 the economy takes a nasty knock when, 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 when equipment gets turned off, when, when, when factories can't run.
0: Yeah, I mean, we've been talking about just a multitude of of different segments of South Africa's economy that suffer just at the helm of load shedding. They've they've put the the blame squarely on Japanese conglomerate Mitsubishi Hitachi Power Systems, um, and it, uh, saying then that you know this is also not the first time that their work at Midupe in particular has been found to be defective in 2013. 10,000 welding faults were discovered when Hitachi failed to heat treat the welds in 2015 they failed a, a crucial steam test as well should we just be changing those suppliers or or that uh, that uh, that company as well or is it just a case of we're lazy to work through these processes
1: well i think i think the reality is that um firstly i think you're going to find difficulty finding someone else to come along and patch up some you know uh, Mitsubishi Hitachi's mistakes, uh, which other company are going to come alongside and want to do it. They're going to want to strip things down and rebuild, it's going to take even longer. Secondly, I think Mitsubishi and are contractually uh, bound to, to, to finish the job and to finish it according to the specifications given to them. So yes, it, it certainly is egg on their face, um, it's a very bad reputation. Um, but it doesn't solve our problem. Our, our problem is that those plants are not producing the electricity that we're supposed to have by now. Um, so, you know, Eskom has to really come up with something special. And I, I'm beginning to think that uh, some years ago, an offer was made by a, a Turkish company um, which would provide a power ship which would come alongside, park at a South African port and connect up to the grid and provide electricity within a week. Um, Uh, and that would relieve the load on some of the generating plants which they could then uh, start taking out of service and do proper maintenance uh, and get them back up reliably because um, all that's happening, from what I can see, is a binary effect. You you take equipment offline to service it, but the equipment that's left can't manage the additional load until you get another one trip out, and then, of course, that gets worse and worse until you get the domino effect, that's why we had six run out fall out all at
0: once. Yeah, we haven't spoken to you about this, but your thoughts then very finally just on the splitting up of Escom into those three. Will that help? Is that privatization through the back door as Numsa says? Uh, and and will it get you know get the the systems pro- hopefully up and running and add accountability?
1: My my opinion is that uh, by, by splitting it up, I think we will have better. Uh, visibility and, and uh, possibly accountability uh, as to what's going on in each of the three sections. Um, I don't think enough focus has been put onto the generating section of, of, of ESCOM from outside the utility um, by the Ministry uh, of Public Enterprises. I think they are simply told everything's okay, don't worry when it isn't, um, and they believe it. And and I think think more independent, perhaps completely independent, private consultants maybe need to be brought in to give update reports on a regular basis to the minister um, of what's really going on and not what ISKIN wants them to hear but what the reality is because then we can predict this effort of time.
0: Roger Lilly, energy analyst at EE Publishers. Thank you so much for the time. Really appreciate it, man.